How are we doing, Chad? I'm doing all right. Are you sure? I start. Yeah, I started drinking before we started, and then I started painting Warhammer stuff. Well, because I was like, shit, I still got like forty minutes. Um, I'm 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 doing some test painting on some weapons to try and get better at glowing effects and uh, lighting and 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 whatnot, and it's been kind of fun. I've been liking what you've been sharing so far. Yeah, the the the, the power claw thing I think turned out really good, which is weird because I I was kind of laziest with that one, and for some reason, like I think I just had the consistency of the glazes right because it looks really nice. Uh, I'm redoing the guns, and I decided to paint them silver first. So when I actually like go to do the uh, the plasma coils, I'll have I'll have something a little better to like play off of as far as like dry brushing some of the highlight on. Uh, and then I did an axe, which I didn't take pictures of. I, I that turned out really bad, so I'm restarting that as well. So this weekend, tomorrow for sure, I'm gonna like play around with this because I got some minis coming. Because Herc is cool, and he's gonna send me a demon prince. Oh yeah, so you you know what you're gonna do with your demon prince yet? Not a damn clue. I want to see it first, and then he said he's gonna send me some kind of bits in case I feel like customizing. So we'll see what I can like take appliers to, and you. Know, I think it'd be cool because I know like the the demon prince is basically naked from the waist up, so doesn't wear a shirt. Very big, bulky demon, and just like I don't know, making spikes come out of uh of out of like his shoulders or something, like metal spikes or bones maybe. If I could swing that, just to kind of give it some, make it look like it's been body modded, right? Like I he went to a really fucked up Warhammer tattoo shop and he's like, hey, turn me into a hedgehog and like you know doing like maybe out of the back or something like. I got ideas, but I, it kind of depends on what I get and then how nervous I am to fuck up a model. It's funny how, like, I, I think that's maybe the biggest hurdle is that fear that you'll do something to ruin it. Because the models themselves are always so impressive looking. <clears throat> and they're expensive I think as every hell. painter, I mean, like, has that. Yeah, I, I know some of the channels I watch where they're just like combining stuff and breaking stuff and doing like i'm gonna do realistic battle damage and then like hitting something with a hammer and you're like that's like a 50 dollar model you crazy bastard what are you doing oh who was it was it uh midwinter went midwinter minis put up a poll on their youtube did you see that um and it I was like the poll. what have you never done and one of the options was like i've never painted a model or i've never played a game of warhammer or i've never read one of the lore books and uh like there was a few of these things mm-hmm. but i've never played a game of warhammer was 30 percent. oh hey i'm there and well that's what's funny it's like i feel like that's the selling point is you got to check out this game it's amazing and everybody's kind of like wow it is i'm well, i'm scared i'm gonna read this book and paint yeah uh, <laughs> the game is intimidating i mean it's a lot uh it's a lot of dice it's a lot of rolling and math and strategy and having a person that you can play with that will put up with the bullshit that is warhammer like i get it and i know when herc's like you are dude 2000 point armies are bust like you need that many to make it really fun it's like in order for me to really play i'm gonna want two armies so i can play with someone in my house that's a lot of money to have two 2000 point armies like that is an insane amount of work it's an insane amount of painting amount of building amount of filing off mold lines so We'll see how it goes, but I am excited to get a Demon Prince because that is a fucking awesome model, and my my little minions need a they need a a, a big old brother to help them out. They need a pal. We really gotta just get you on tabletop sim though. 
yeah, we keep talking about that, and then I remember that I am like insufferably tired and lazy about shit like this. I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> like, hey, you want to do this? And it's like that sounds like fun. I'm gonna go read for two hours instead. Oh, uh, <clears throat> speaking of fun, you know what was fun last week was uh, we played Family Feud. Yes, it was amazing. I told everybody about that. Um, and I got maybe a little too detailed for some because they it went from like, oh, that sounds fun too. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like pretty fast. I was like, yeah, me and Alex are playing. They're like, hey, Cameron's like, what's your what's your team name? And he was like, the Kissing Cousins. And I was like, from Alabama. And then we started flirting with each other. And it's like, that's gross. Why would you do that? It's like, because uh, it was fucking hilarious. That's why. <laughs> I So um, we didn't you, you didn't set the stage for listeners. This is on VR chat. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. <clears throat> we someone recreated not only like a set but it's like a working version of the game so there's like a control room with all the questions and answers and buzzers and sound effects and stuff right mm-hmm. and it was fun because like we had joe just like actually like being a host and we had teams and it it was funny because like joe went over to start asking questions and i keep like shouting down from the sound box like no you have to kiss them first and no one seemed to understand what i was referencing with that I, I knew what you were referencing, because I thought that was really funny. Okay, thank you. And so that was that was a funny thing, because everybody was, like, uncomfortable, and that which made it funny. But yeah, at some point, like, we, got a, <laughs> we got Sable to host instead, and it's like, yeah, okay, he'll do a turn. And so he went over, and I tell Sable, like, no, you have to kiss him. And he's like, no, I don't want to. And he finally came around to it, and said, okay, come here, and I'll kiss you. And she was like, no, you gotta catch me first. And, like, he started hiding and playing hard to get. Yeah. And it was just like, it, it was one of those things where you kind of had to be there, but man, I haven't laughed that hard in forever. I was so, I, I think I laughed so hard that day, like my throat hurt. Like I was so amped. We got done with that and I was so awake and I wanted to tell everybody about the wonders of VR chat that night. And like, I slept really poorly because I was just like, God, that was so funny. And like you said, you kind of had to be there. Um, it, but just the combination of, like, the different avatars we are, right? Or just the fact that, like, Joe and Alex were just totally embracing the chaos. And I felt like I was playing along pretty well, too. Uh, it was it was a really magical gamer moment. But not a dumb one, because Call of Duty wasn't involved. And no one said the N-word. And I think the one thing I don't like about the Family Feud game is that it takes so many people. Yeah. Other than that, it's perfect. But guess what I found that uses less people? What? Who wants to be a millionaire? Oh, shit. That and could it be works fun. with questions yeah? and stuff. Are they dumb questions or are they like actual questions? No, they're legit. Oh, that'll be interesting. So, yeah, and, and, and it has Sunday. all the lifelines and stuff. There's an audience you can play with. So Awesome. That is fantastic. Yeah, so we have something else to try soon. Um... But I did have a lot of fun with uh, Family Feud. I uh, I could I we we got done with it right. And Joe, I'm taking all my stuff, and Joe comes over and he's like, "So I can tell that you've been watching Drawn Together, because uh, I was definitely getting a very specific type of inappropriate." <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because I've been watching Drawn Together lately. Wait, really? Um, it's been years. Yeah, it's really. But it's been years since I've actually, like, watched it, and I feel like, uh, 
I must have been much more stupid when I watched it because I I don't remember like seventy percent of these jokes. Like that show is written so tight. Like every other line has a joke to it. I know it's insane, and they uh, to me and, they land more often than not too. Like the the ratio of hits to not hits is yeah is wild. Um, there was one where I can't remember the flow of events, but it was like um. Oh, like, uh, Foxy had to go to college to get a degree or something. And so oh, yeah. it's like, it's a series of, like, racism jokes, like, for this, for this one scene where they, it's a short scene and they fit the, like, the number and the variety of jokes where it's like, man, if this was a family guy plot, the same amount of time you would have gotten one unfunny joke in the scene and it would have moved on. Yeah. And it's like it would it would have spent most of the time leading up to the punchline, and you can see the punchline coming, and it's not that great. And then they'll linger on it, and then they'll do something random to make up for it, and then it'll cut away. And so it's been very interesting watching this again with like fresh eyes. I'm watching it with the whole family. My my for whatever reason, my dad and my mom, who does not typically like gross things, like enjoy this show quite a bit. So it has like become the family family uh event of the evening when we're over there it's like hey you want to watch an episode or two of drawn together and god it's such the per- it's so great to drink to and like i won't sugarcoat it this show is revolting on a lot of levels like especially looking at it from like 2022 sensibilities but i i really like it it is fucking funny well like there was one where uh the pig and the zelda had to get gay married yeah because he would need like- the insurance yeah, for healthcare. And it was like, I can't remember the joke that made me laugh, but there was something that caught me off guard, like, because it was like, it was snuck in so, like, cleverly. Um, and it's like, it's just a series of, like, predictable gay jokes, but then there's clever gay jokes peppered over it. And it's like, oh, I only remember the predictable ones. Like, this actually is smarter than I remember in a lot of ways. It's funny, too, because almost none of the episodes have a whole lot to actually say, like, as far as, like, sociopolitics go. Um, whereas, like, South Park, that was kind of the, the crux of their show, right? Is like, you're watching South Park because you want to hear what Matt and Trey have to say about this specific event. And Drawn Together was, like, designed on purpose to not be that. Uh, they joke about it in the, the commentary a couple times and in, in the movie itself, where it's like, no, no, this is just, it's stupid and funny because we think it's stupid and funny. There is a handful of episodes that do have stuff to say, and I think they're probably my favorites. Um, like the one where Waldor learns how to masturbate, and then like the VeggieTales show up, and a bunch of people die. <laughs> that one's great. The, but the other stuff really one good too. Where, so. Like I only caught the end, but it was like uh, like someone was trying to get the show canceled. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was it was like an obese. Jewish, lesbian, Christian, pro-gun. Like, it was like a series of, like, random just buzzwords all, like, mashed into one person. Yeah, where that it's was, like, I watched it didn't even yesterday. make sense. It, it, but it was just kind of like the whole point was, like, you're, you're not our audience, so we don't care what you think, because it's not for you. And then mm-hmm. her response was, well, your show sucks because, like, you don't even know how to end an episode. And then, like, a guy wearing a banana suit showed up and said, we have to go to Pluto now. And he said, yay. And he jumped in a spaceship, went to Pluto. And that's how the episode ended. And it was like, not even like refuting it. Just kind of like, it's stupid. Like that's the fun. 
and leaving it at that yeah. it's like that's all you have to do yeah, the, the show was, like, really comfortable in its identity in terms of, like, what it was doing and what it was trying to be. And I know all the actors on it, like, loved it. Because I've watched the episodes with commentary. And, like, Tara Strong is, like, this show is so fun. Because she up until that point, she had basically only done, like, Disney stuff and Nickelodeon stuff. And so, like, she got to swear. Yeah, that was, like, you know, an insane level of, of just freeing, right? And, like, all the people that worked on this the scripts they were given and the things they were told to act like they just got like so into it and really had a lot of fun. And I think you can really tell that like the people making this enjoyed making it and, well, and they were kind you of have doing to, it for that. Cause if you're not enjoying yeah. this, you couldn't sell any of these jokes. Like if any of this oh, made yeah. you feel uncomfortable, it's like you cannot deliver it this well. Mm-hmm. What was the one, there was like a neighbor and the superhero man, uh, thought that their daughter was a goat because they're like from Greece oh, and so their daughter yeah. just looked like a goat to him and it was funny because it was like the, the first half of the whole thing it's like it's kind of racist because it's like why does he keep thinking that but then the second half when they actually like you see more of the daughter it's like she keeps like chewing grass and buying and it's like yeah. oh well you know <laughs> like the more time you spend with her the more you come around to his side even though that joke already passed and it's like, this is so stupid that it works on, like, a couple levels. Yeah. Because he thinks it's a frat house, and so he's trying to get in the frat, and he gets, like... I think there's a joke where he gets really drunk on purpose because he wants someone to molest him. Yes. <laughs> he was... Yeah. There was a lot of that. And then, like, the real estate agent he thought was the dean. Oh, yeah. And, like... And, and, like, no one could understand exactly why he still thought these things, but then, like, the longer the episode goes on, it's, like, stuff just keeps lining up in a way where it's, like, you know, it's becoming an understanding, uh, like, I, I could see where the misunderstanding came in, like, if you look mm -hmm. at it this way, like, retroactively, it's so dumb. Yeah, I, I love that. I was actually probably gonna be in my glad space has been watching that show, because it has been so fun to revisit. And there's, like, weird... Some of the jokes in there are, like, so clever, they just, like, stick with you. I don't know if you saw the one where, where Toot... She wanted a baby because she thought it would save, like, it would fix herself. And all the Drawn Together crew decided, well, that's a huge responsibility. So they got one from Africa, and we're like, here's an adopted baby. You can practice on this one. <laughs> and uh, and it, it goes about as bad as you, could th as you think it would. And at one point, she's yelling at the baby for, like, language. She's like, don't make me wash my mouth out with this ham. And then she just shoves a whole ham in her mouth. And, like, that's, like, the setup to the joke is just that. And it's so, oh. it's so stupid. It is so stupid. There was, a, there was one running gag in an episode that made me laugh. But every time Ling Ling would talk, like, a promo for the, for, uh... Comedy Central would come up like in front of the subtitles. Oh yeah, but what episode was that? It, it, that was the one with his father or something. But it okay, was like he, he would be talking, three. and then like he's getting to like an important part, and then the logo would come up, and it's like the Daily Show with John Stewart coming up next, and and like characters would comment on it because they're reading the subtitles also. So it's like they don't know what Ling Ling just said, but then they just start talking about how they like John Stewart. Yeah. And, like, there's a part at the end where his father's gonna, like, blast off into space, and Ling Ling gives this, like, impassioned speech about why he shouldn't do that, and the promo comes up, like, uh, you know, after Drawn Together, be sure to watch The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. And so the whole speech goes by, and then his father is like, you're right, Ling Ling, uh, you know, I shouldn't just live for the moment, because there's always something better coming up later. 
I love jokes like that because they're so they're so specific and like you kind of explain them and it's like, oh, that's dumb. But when you see it, it's great. It plays out pretty smart. Yeah, it does. Well, what are we um, doing today? Uh, okay. Before we continue, let me go grab my bottle of booze because I'm I'm out. I'll be <laughs> right back. Alrighty, I have returned. So, Hooray. for this episode, I decided to subject you to another uh, genre of extreme metal, and I made a playlist, and I took a bunch of notes, and we're going to talk about Deathcore for the next probably half hour to 40 minutes, depending on how things go. Um, if you did not like it, I am sorry, but I have so many things to say. Yeah, I kind of, uh, I don't want to talk too much, because I know you put a lot of like thought and research into these um but i will say it it, it's funny because like you you kept bracing me for this but i thought it was a good playlist that's good and i I was kind of thinking you might because you like grindcore and like the two aren't that far removed um there's definitely differences but like they're in the same family right like they're cousins yeah i i don't think anything in here was like too abrasive you know, like, I would refer to any of this as music. It wasn't just noise. But at the yeah. same time, I listened to this twice, and I don't think I heard a single English word. <laughs> which tells you, like, that's, where my ear is at. Oh, wait, that's actually really interesting when it comes to the last songs. I think Phil Bozeman's enunciation in that last song is uh, impeccable. Like, I, I, I might really be, good. I might be exaggerating for comedic effect, but... I, to be literal, I don't think I heard a complete sentence. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, well, but we'll, we'll probably get to that one when we get there. So, for anybody that listened along, and people that like Deathcore are probably going to have a shitload of opinions about this list, but I tried to choose... I divided the list into two chunks. So, basically, the first wave of like MySpace, the, MySpace Deathcore, when it was pretty new genre, very popular on MySpace, as the name suggests, and getting getting traction... The vibe of the music then was a bunch of pissed off kids in their parents' basements making really loud music that their parents would hate. Like, that was kind of the goal of a lot of bands early on. Because, like, Joffrey Cowboy were like, that whole group were like 16 and 17 when they wrote their first EP. Bring Me the Horizon, they were in their like 17, maybe 18 range. I think Suicide Silence were also really young. And to me, that's important because it really kind of showcases the headspace of this soundscape. Like, this is teenagers having fun being annoying, but also making some really, really wild-ass tunes in the process. And I think that's fucking cool. Um, I really appreciate just that as an idea. But also, I picked these bands because they were really, really big. Like, these, the, the first four songs, the first four bands here are, like, kind of... I don't want to say the big four of, like, the first wave of Deathcore, but, like, they were really foundational to the sound and to the popularity. So I was not looking for deep cuts. I was not looking for your favorite specific band, Craig. Uh, I was looking for, you know, stuff that people might know, stuff that had a, a quality metric that I knew was there so I didn't have to go, like, listening to 100 songs. Uh, the whole playlist kind of built that way. Um, last five songs are, I guess, what I would call the second wave of Deathcore, which is, like, 2015 and onwards. Uh, the genre is really evolved a lot since 2005 and i think that's cool i wanted to 
add a lot of soundscape variety to it, which is why I chose the bands I did. Like Shadow of Intent are doing symphonic stuff. Uh, Slaughter to Prevail are doing some new metal stuff. Uh, Infinite Annihilator are dumb. That's fun. I included two Whitechapel songs just to show the the evolution of that band. Like you're getting really early Whitechapel and Whitechapel from last year. I want to so that, say I my, prefer the early to the late, but but again, we'll get there. That's also really interesting, and we will get there because I I don't. Um, but th- those are the that's was my intention. I wanted to give you some variety in the end because. I like this genre a lot. I, I love this genre. I listen to a decent amount of it. I try to scream like these people, right? Like, I've been taking lessons to sound like these people. I think listening to more than 40 minutes of this genre becomes taxing because the songs are so, like, maximal. They're so kind of atonal. Uh, they're built around the breakdown, and so there's a lot of structure that winds up being the same, and it just, they blend together. And I was trying to keep this playlist kind of short because... I prefer it when bands do that. And so many of these bands are like, no, I'm going to release an hour long album. And it's like, oh my God, could you not do that? Like, that would be so cool if it was only 45 minutes, please. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but I, I, I'm i kind of curious, like, did all the songs kind of meld together? Were you able to tell them apart, even if you couldn't understand a lot of lyrics? I want to say maybe there's a couple that were close, but it flowed. Like there were different bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was re-listening to this on the drive home today, and when it stopped, it was kind of like, oh, it's over already. Like I didn't feel taxing to have this on for the straight. How how long is this? I want to say it's like forty three minutes. Yeah, it, I mean, it didn't feel like forty minutes. I, I I thought my my app stopped because it's like, wait a minute. Um, so I it's like it it, today. again, it wasn't taxing. It wasn't just noise. It was music. And mm-hmm. I liked what some of them were doing, maybe more than others, but it was still, like, the artistry was present. It's not just noise, even though maybe a couple of these, the intent is to be noisy. It's like, it's at least, you know, they did craft something, and I think that comes yeah. through. I agree. I would say it maybe Bring Me the Horizon. This isn't a genre I touch album. a lot of. <laughs> sure. I, th- I think... For the most part, I agree with that. I think Bring Me the Horizon's uh, first album is maybe the one where it feels a little more like random elements stitched together. But even then, there's still like a clearly a cohesive vibe going on. It's just a little more chaotic than the rest. And that's the second song on this. I will say the other thing about this list, because I, when I was taking notes, um, I, I included the years these songs came out, because I think that's interesting. But I also included all the lead vocalist names, because there, and this will offend some people, but... Deathcore is sort of like the pop of, of of heavy metal. And I mean that in that when, when it comes to pop singers like Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran and, and, and Kesha, like, you know their names. Uh, it's very important that you know their names. And when it comes to Deathcore, like, the vocalist is really a huge center point of all of these bands. People know their names. I didn't have to look up most of them. I just knew them off the top of my head. Because uh, when it comes to these discussions, they get thrown out a lot. And I think that's kind of fascinating because they're clearly like you know ollie sykes in 2006 and taylor swift in 2006 were doing extremely different things but when people were talking about these specific groups like kind of talking about them probably in the same way you know like oh my god i can't believe taylor swift did this oh my god i can't believe ollie sykes did this it's not i can't believe bring me the horizon did this it's like you know 
focused on their front man. I don't know if outside looking in, if that means anything to you, but I find it amusing and almost kind of cool, but it, it can get in the way of discussions and, and mess with the production values of songs. Because I think some of these, they get the, the vocalist gets mixed too loud. It's like, no, I'm listening to a metal song. Like, I don't want to just hear the vocalist. I want to hear all the drums and the guitar, too. So that that is a, a thing that gets irksome to me. Yay, liquor. Um. Anyways, uh, and the, okay. So first song, Job for a Cowboy. Entombment of a Machine, released in 2005 by Johnny Davey and The Boys. I really like this song. I'm not super familiar with this group. I know that this was an extremely foundational song for Deathcore. Like this released and it and it really did well. And like I said, these these were these were kids in high school that made this, which is cool. Um it's groovy as hell. It's weird, it's chaotic. It, it has a lot of the uh elements to the to the genre that I associate now like going all the way back to 2005 like they were still there like the crazy vocal acrobatics the insane kind of tempo changes in the guitar the crazy drums and it's cool to see like one of the first big bands in the genre just like going out the gate and making this extremely strong just resonant EP I don't know if you have it's any funny that you use the word groovy because it it, it does have a melodic uh pacing maybe that's not the right word no i i think i i agree with that you, you probably understand what i'm trying to say i i don't have a good music vocabulary it it like it, it's like each section kind of sets itself up for the next one and it just keeps like driving forward and you can just kind of headbang the whole song it's cool yeah the, the fun thing about this band is their first EP was like a deathcore record. And then after that, they moved away from the genre pretty hard. Like they moved into more death metal. And I know there's a lot of like prog elements now to their music. So I think they're still around. Um, and so it's kind of funny that like this seminal album for the genre, the band abandoned the genre like fairly quickly. Yeah, that's funny. I like his pig squeals too. He does a lot of them. And they're they're different than what you normally hear in like late genre. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of pig squeals in, in the rest of the playlist. Now that I think about it, but he does them really low, where most people like will try to get them really really high and like high, you know, like really bright and squealy. And his are a lot more like sludgy, and it's cool. I uh, I kind of um. Uh, this is not to change the subject too much, but it's like I still want to make a fake band logo for just a T-shirt. I think band tees are always fashionable. Band tees are cool. I'm wearing one right now. I will say, when it comes to enunciation, I also cannot understand like 98% of the words in this song. So I'm with you there. His his he's definitely going for texture <laughs> and not words, and that's a huge huge part of the genre so um moving on to bring me the horizon uh pray for plagues uh released in 2006 so year after and then really similar to the first song where like this song was really big it, it did a lot for the band bring me the horizon and then they immediately abandoned the genre and it started moving on to something else um i don't know if you know any songs by bring me the horizon like current stuff no so Ollie Sykes and Bring Me the Horizon, they are they're collabing with Ed Sheeran. They are collabing with Sigrid, who is a Swedish pop singer. They've done collabs with Baby Metal. Uh, 
they've come an incredible distance from what they've done. Like, like they are uh, really on the forefront of what is becoming popular in like the mainstream rock, like what you're going to hear on the radio. They've always been like one step ahead of every trend. The, this band is like, they are really, really smart, forward thinking people. And it's so insane to go back to this album and this song and be like, Oh shit. They started off is like original ass deathcore. I don't like this song that much. I think it's fine. Ollie's vocals are not very good. He was doing a lot of things wrong, and one of the reasons they jumped genres is because he was, like, shredding his voice. But even, like, on top of that, it's a little too not put together for me. Like, I don't think there's as much... It's probably not fair to say there's not as much thought into it. For one thing, they were teenagers. Like, who gives a shit? But it just... This song feels like a lot more of a collection of parts stuck together, whereas the other songs I feel like are a lot more thoughtful and like they made sure they progressed in a more uh, linear fashion. It's got like the mood that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. But there's a it, it, it almost feels like it's incomplete. Like there's a lot of good things going on here, but it's like it needs yeah. something a little bit to like lift it up into something greater. I will say I kind of like some of the, the nastiness of like the production. Like it's a really loosely put together song um, in terms of production. And it, it fits the genre. I think the, I think Deathcore has gotten like too clean in a lot of ways. Like there's like big production values behind the, the newer albums. And so everything's like drummed to the grid. The guitars are like perfectly in sync. The vocal lay are vocals are layered like 12 times in some cases. Yeah. So- I, I, there was some, um, I can't remember who was saying this, but uh, someone was talking about how like music right now isn't written the same way anymore because everyone's using computers. Yeah. And it's like, Sometimes you need to just like have a band and just sort of hit notes and try to stay in tempo and like get creative and like try to experiment instead of like, you know, metering things out and lining them up and having stages. And it's yeah. like, I, I, I think sometimes you want to, uh, you know, walk downstairs and do a weird converted pub and there's like some shitty local band that doesn't have a name playing. And it's just kind of like, oh, that's kind of neat. And you you listen to that in the background while you're with your friends. Like, I think there's something important to that quality of music. I I agree, and especially with the extreme genres, where I feel like they they if they're too cleanly sounding, it doesn't it doesn't fit the genre. Like the idea of EQing every drum so it pokes through the mix just perfectly, and like everything is like exactly in its place, and it's such a chaotic soundscape that having everything in its place just totally fights the thesis of it being chaotic. Um, in my opinion, um, I don't know if you have any other opinions on Bring Me the Horizon. I will say their new stuff is really good. Their song with Seagrid is awesome, and I recommend everybody go check it out because it is fucking gorgeous. Uh, their song with Baby Metal is also really, really cool. Um, they they have some great new music. And I, I, I really appreciate what that band has, has managed to do. I, I, I'm really impressed with Bring Me With Horizon. Even if I don't always listen to their music, or, or I honestly very rarely do, I think they are excellent uh, musicians. But no, I don't have anything else on that one. All right. And I so haven't heard their, their newer stuff. I'll, I'll probably check that out just out of curiosity. 
Uh, Suicide Silence, Unanswered. This was released in 2007. Uh, Bitch Lucker is their main vocalist. I included this song. Um, I don't have a huge affinity for Suicide Silence, uh, but I know a lot of people who do. This is another one that was like pretty big at the time it came out. I feel like every deathcore vocalist or aspiring deathcore vocalist I've ever talked to know this song by heart. Like this is the one of the first ones people if you're in a certain age range or a certain like group of people like this is the one you tried to practice to. This is the one you learned first was this song. I think it really benefits from the fact that it is two minutes and 20 seconds because it is it's a lot like there's a lot going on. It's super chaotic. It's got some really crazy breakdowns. This vocalist is obviously really good. It, it does not overstay its welcome, and I appreciate the shit out of that. Like, this song does not waste my time. It is extremely tight and well-crafted, and then it is over. You know what? You're right. This one's like two minutes. I think uh, I was, I was like, caught by the vocals on this one. I think it was, like, it was kind of striking how... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm listening to it again. I'm trying to like place words here. It's like there's a there's a consistency where just he has really good control. Yeah. At the sounds he's making, I I, I can't pull any words. <laughs> I can pull some, but mostly it's definitely, especially his lows are very gurgles. Um, some of the shrieks I can I can hear him saying like, "Where is your God? Where is your God? Where is your fucking God?" And like he's delivering that, which is there's just so much like anger in his voice it's so like pissed off which is uh obviously a, a really like big part of the genre is just being angry as fuck yeah and i think that comes through i think the shrieks are really cool yeah i'm trying to learn those now i got i had i did one really well yesterday and i was so happy i was like fuck yeah i'm finally figuring this shit out they're really hard to do Honestly, like, that's even its own conversation. It's like, all these vocalists figured out how to do this stuff, like, basically through trial and error, because there were not YouTube channels at the time teaching how to do this, right? There weren't, like, really vocal coaches. I can't remember when Melissa Cross started teaching people, but, like, she was the first one. You had to, like, buy her DVD. Uh, so, you, you can kind of picture it, right? You know, a bunch of kids in their parents basement playing instruments and one of them is just screaming bloody murder into the microphone and hoping to fuck he can do it again tomorrow because if he can't then they got it they can't practice and the the wild west that that was like the genre at this time is 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 really i'm glad i wasn't there because i like having a lot of structured control on how i'm learning how to do this but it <laughs> definitely <laughs> not the norm yeah, you know, it's funny, um, I was thinking about that recently about, uh, about, like, cartooning, where, like, there are so many neat online resources that explain how to do things, and I have this, like, computer technology lets me, like, work in layers and, and rasters, yeah. and, um... Shut up, Alexa, stop it. Shut up, Alexa. She won't stop talking. Stop it. I give up. <laughs> But yeah, I, I totally agree, right? I think the I think the the comparison is like fairly apt. Just like what cartoonists had to do twenty years ago versus what they can do now is really profoundly different. It, it's also kind of depressing when you see um, the results where like older cartoons look better than current cartoons. And it's like, well, we have the tools to do better, but eh. 
I guess if we're done here, I don't have a lot to say about this band. I, I kind of want to go back and re-listen to this album that this was released on. Because for one thing, it's only 40 minutes, but this was... It was big in the genre, I think, for a really good reason. And I would like to go back and, and hear it. Uh, honestly, same for the Job for a Cowboy EP. Uh, I was really impressed listening to these two songs. And just, like, once again, hearing the uh, the crazy foundational elements to this genre just this far back. And, like, there's a lot of things that have... We've come a long ways, but there's still, like, the core that has kind of been retained. And I think that's really cool. Uh, the next song, Whitechapel. This is Exile. This is 2008. This is from their second album. And I did not pick anything from their first album because I thought it was fucking boring. Listen to the whole thing, and I was like, I didn't like this at all. <laughs> this is better, but even then, like, I really, I love Whitechapel's new stuff a lot. I think they've only become better musicians and better songwriters. Um, but this song is really cool, and it really shows off the things they are great at that they've just retained throughout the years. Um, I think Phil Bowes. I like the is guitars on vocalist. this. Yeah, the guitars are the guitar tone is really good. It's, it's so, it's so, like, precise. I don't know. There's something about it that's kind of sharp. Um, it's not quite as, like, low end, but then obviously the bass makes up for that, so what the hell, right? Who cares? But there's, there's a quality to it that really cuts through the mix, and you just kind of, like, can focus on it really well, which is cool. And, and Phil's always been, like, as far as, like, his vocal abilities, his, like, mid-tone and his, like, really rounded... Um, kind of low mid, because I can understand him pretty well. Even in this, I feel like his enunciation is pretty good for the genre. I can make out that he's saying words. Yeah, I mean, he's not and perfect. It, you know, it's one of those things where I, I'm sure that if I had, like, a lyric sheet and I was reading along as he said things, then I would be able to understand on my second listen-through after that. It helps. You really develop it here for it. Words too. are stupid. Do, do you so, remember no, that no. that weird um it was like Laurel and Yanni thing? Yeah. I do. It was like the it was like the 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 audio version of the 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 is the dress blue and black or golden and white. Right. And so it's just it's funny because like that's where Mr. lyrics I think come from is that if there's enough noise kind of getting in the way of the words itself you might pick out things and your brain fills in the blanks wrong. Yeah. And then you can't let that go because you've heard it once already. <laughs> so it's kind of like I'm hearing growling and I'm hearing stuff and it's like, and like, I, I'll like, I can't growl like you can, but when I do it as a joke, it's like, sometimes I'll try to say a sentence and it's like, I'm sure you didn't understand what I was saying, but I wanted that, the vibe of me saying sentences. <laughs> Yeah, I get I go back and forth with this with my brother too. If I'm like recording something for music, and he's like, "I can't understand you," I'm like, "But this is the most pronunciable I've ever been. I'm so happy with my enunciation in this." And he's like, "Yeah, I still can't understand it." It's like, ah, I guess that's fine. That's kind of part of the genre in a way. When it comes to pronunciation for this kind of music too, like you, you tend to really over enunciate in like really weird, stupid ways because you're trying to keep the distortion in specific parts of your mouth and so that's part of it and then just like over enunciating will make it sound cooler and it might be harder to understand but it sounds cooler and, and really like the texture and like the sound is like the main goal for 
most of, if not all of these, uh, all of these bands. And I think they achieved the texture. Because it's there. I like. I, I think this is a very safe example of deathcore, but not necessarily like must play deathcore. One hundred greatest hits. Yeah. This is exile. When um, when I was learning highs with Mark in the last lesson, he he did one. Uh, he did one, and he asked me. He said, "Hi, my name is Mark," and he he did the he screeched it for me, and he's like, "I want you to tell me how I pronounced every word in those in that sentence." And it was like, "Hi, my name is Mjork." Like that's how he said it to get the uh, the tone he was, you know, trying to teach me how to do. And so, taking that and extrapolating it to literally every word and every song on this list, like you don't just typically say, "Hi, my name is." You you say it weird. Like if you're gonna do a low, you'd be like, "Hi, my name is," and it really like emphasize kind of the cavern element of your mouth and just make it really big and stupid because it sounds really cool when you throw distortion on it and you know it's funny because it's actually a a ventriloquism trick oh yeah there's a lot of words ventriloquists um not not just words but kind of sound patterns that you try to avoid because they're harder to throw and there's other words where it's like you kind of you kind of want to slur these words together because it just kind of like in the sentence it blurs fine and it'll come out fine. And that makes a lot you, of sense. You kind of want to do that, yeah, partially for the trick, but then also partially just for the character voice of like separating the puppet from the master because you want people to like the, a ventriloquist usually speaks exceptionally clearly. And that's their character is like, like, well, I'm wearing my suit and I'm here to entertain these fine people here. And here's Chimpo, the banana monkey. He's like, I'm Chimpo and I'm crazy. Oh, Chimpo, you got to be nice. And you want to separate those. But also you're getting away with Chimpo sounding stupid. If like occasional words that are hard to throw, like, you know, you don't want to have to like force your lips to make sounds. So there's some sounds where it's like, oh yeah, don't do that. Don't don't do B, just do, everything's an N. And you're like, it doesn't make sense. But then you try it and you're like, oh, oh. That's cool. That makes a ton of sense too. I like so, how you're so knowledgeable on. about music. And then I'm knowledgeable I... about stupid puppets no one wants to listen to. Oh, you're fine. You're not. I, I fake a lot of this. Uh, I wish I had more knowledge about music. I, 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 I know enough to be wrong. No, you're missing my point. I wish I had less knowledge about puppets. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> what about what about the puppets you can fuck though, Cameron? Do you want more knowledge about those or do you want less? What puppets can you fuck? Oh, I don't know. I just assumed there was puppets you could fuck. The fuckets. I can't imagine. Fuppets. Uh, I have I saved it. I saved it, everybody. Shit, we're going long. I'm sorry. I'm I'm like really long winded now. because um, we got f- a couple more songs to go through. Uh, next one, Shadow of Intent, The Heretic Prevails. This was released in 2017. So Shadow of Intent, I, I had to include this band. One, they're they're really big right now. They're doing well. They're they're going on a tour. I've seen them live. But this was the band that got me into the genre. I had heard songs from the genre before, did not care for them, thought they were stupid, just noisy, didn't didn't really see a lot of the artistry. Uh, and then I heard these guys, and at this point I had realized I would like to learn how to do harsh vocals to some degree, but I wanted to be more like uh, Ivan Moody from Five Figure Death Punch. And then I heard this dude, and I went, oh my god, this guy is 
fucking insane. I want to know how to sound like this guy so bad. And here we are. Um, I like, I like that they have like there's a, a symphonic element to this. There's you know there's the 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 pianos and the keyboards and the the strings and and whatnot in the background. So it's very like orchestral. It's very big. It's still extremely acrobatic. It's definitely mixed a lot cleaner. Um, which honestly I think is a little bit of a uh, outside its favor in some regard. But what are you gonna do? I do. I think Ben is like one of the top vocalists like alive right now. I, I he is really really good. Um, but this song is cool. I, this song is awesome. I feel like they go heavy on the strings. They do. And I, so I want to tell you, I listened to the first four songs in your playlist, and I'm thinking, I I wonder why Chad was warning me so much. Like I I think all of this sounds pretty cool. But also, um, like this seems like a well curated playlist because uh, there's none of that try hard stuff where they they have like a really hard sound, but they try to pair it up with strings to make it sound smarter. <laughs> and then this starts, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I I had that moment. Now this song isn't bad. It just it opened with the strings just when I was thinking about it, and it's like, oh, great. It, I, I feel like they actually they balance it correctly. I'm just really tired of like um of like rock metal where it's like guess what we were a rock band but we have a girl with a violin. Yeah, I get you. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. The, this is yeah. better than that. Honestly, what what really helped me uh, with this is that I feel like there's a lot of very overt melody in the strings, and so when everything is being chaotic, you can listen to the strings and be like, ah, this is my 4-4 time signature melody. Uh, It makes sense. It it goes to the places my mind thinks it will go, and you can kind of, like, rest there and then, you know, like, take a break from the chaos and then jump back in the chaos. So, like, it was a really good entry point for me for the genre. For thing, I really like uh, symphonic metal um, and symphonic rock. And so it, it, it scratched that itch, but then also it just, it's like listening to this kind of music, but it, you have, uh, you have a, a lifeline, you know, you have a, a water wings if you're in the, in a pool or something, right? I, I think it helps. But then I, I, I think, think it's that, but it's also like something you mentioned with other songs. Um, there's still that texture. Yeah. You know, it's not just the growling. There's like an abrasiveness to some of the decisions they make, even with the more melodic strings so it's still functionally death metal-y yeah i wish um his his enunciation as he's gone on has gotten a lot better uh i'm actually trying to learn a shadow of intent song right now from their newest album which strips away some of the deathcore stuff and actually adds like power metal elements which i think is fucking awesome because i like power metal uh and so that's been really fun i was like practicing that today so He's hard to understand in large chunks of this song. I, w- I will give you that one, too. Uh, he's definitely improved a lot uh, while still retaining his, like, big, wide, open, just cavernous, like, kind of roaring tone, which is cool. So, I'm, I I really like Ben Dura as a vocalist. I think he's great. But uh, it's a keeper. Moving on. Yeah, moving on, if we're done there, is uh, Slaughter to Prevail. Zavali Ibalo. This was released in 2020. Um, I like this album a whole lot. I listen to this album a whole lot, but 
I included this because Deathcore and New Metal, like New Metal as a genre was really laughed at and really written off when it came out in like the early 2000s. You know, Slipknot joined the fray and stuff like that. But the people that were really influenced by those bands are like really coming around and making more music with that sound. Like these guys listen to a lot of Slipknot. They will tell you that like Slipknot is an inspiration. And so hearing like Slipknot riffs in a Deathcore song is really fun. And it's got... It's got its own identity. I think it's more f- like literally just a more fun sounding song than anything on this playlist. It's got a lot of bounce. It's got a groove. And then Alex Terrible is a fucking monster vocalist. Yeah, I think I want to say like the, the, bleh, the guitar really like leads it. Yeah. Is that the right? Yeah, I think it's the guitar. No, I would agree. Just like but, I'm I don't know, to, like, I think the all riff. the parts. Like, the, the, it's just the more I listen to it, the more I realize, like you know, everything comes together in a way. I probably should have listened to this a couple more times before because it, it's like a deceptively smart composition. Yeah, it, there's a lot of like fits and starts, um, but in a way that really like is deliberate, and then his vocal delivery like he uses a lot of his voice underneath in parts of these so you get it's it's not like moving around from texture to texture it's moving around from like him saying something to him like roaring something to him saying something and he's russian and a lot of the song is in russian which is why you can't understand him <laughs> but i don't know th- there's something about this album it has like it's a really specific identity that like no other albums in my library have. And so I put it on a lot cause it is a really, really fun. Listen. What's that word for the really fast drum again? Uh, blast beat. Blast beat. I like the use of the blast beat. Alex's, uh, vocal techniques really cool too. He's a really big dude, but like, that that really big roaring midtone, he he opens up his nasal cavity and like screams with that wide open too. Um so he's going like er, er, er. like he's screwing up his face if you watch him, like he looks like he's like snarling. And it's cause he's moving a lot of sound up there, but still shooting out of his mouth. And it just makes like a really, really cool sound. It's definitely something I practice on and off because it's fun. It is just a fun noise to make. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to say about that. I know we're getting close to an hour. I wish that I had words. I feel like this embarrasses me every time we do a music episode. I'm having a lot of fun just nerding out and having a, someone forced <laughs> to listen to me. So, I mean, it, it's fine, I think. So, the next song so is... So, what is Infinite next? Infant Annihilator, Soil the Stillborn. This is released in 2016. I included this song on here because there is a subset of, of Deathcore that I would call like meme meme bands, like joke bands. Um There there's a there's an entire Deathcore album about Shrek, for example. There is people take The Simpsons and we'll do Deathcore songs about the Simpsons or or whatever, right? Like <laughs> this this album is weirdly a giant well-crafted shitpost in a lot of ways. And, like, it's it's extreme. It is comically extreme. Like, I don't know if you've read any of the lyrics while it, while you listen to this. Um, they are really gross. They are offensive. They are dumb as hell. 
And the band will tell you that, though, they're doing this on purpose. Like, Dickie Allen is like, no, we are a meme band. And we have to keep one-upping ourselves every time we put out new music. Because people want to see how much more extreme we can get. Which is why they have songs about, like, molesting children. And, you know, eating dead people and whatnot. And it's funny because I kind of wanted to bring this up. But it's like, I sort of want to write a death metal song. where, Like, with my dumb sense of humor. Where it's like... I, I want to write down my experience of going to the gas station. That'd be great. But, you know, and it's like, it literally just like, I you know, I went to the gas station, but I didn't need gas. I just wanted a hot dog. And so I parked my car to the side and there was a guy there. So I gave him a dollar and and he thanked me. And it's like, yeah, but I kind of felt bad that I only gave him a dollar. So it's like, well, maybe I'll, I'll get change and I'll give him the change too. And then I go in and there's a, the, there's a line of the hot dog thing, so I'm gonna pretend I'm looking for something else, and I'll look at the sodas, but I don't want a soda. And now the hot dogs are free, so I'm gonna go over to the hot dogs and put mustard on it. But the <laughs> the pumps like squirting sideways, so I'm gonna grab one of the packets and I'll do it my, in my car. And then I get and like that would be the whole lyrics, but you know, of course, to a death metal song, and you can't make out the lyrics anyways. That would be really funny. Yeah, I think one of the lines on here is like, I am a divine child defiler. Like, that that is like the the this band. It, it, it is so, like, the, all the drums are programmed, which is, I don't care, I do that. Um, most of these songs, I think, are impossible to perform live just because they are so fast and, like, stupidly intricate. You just, you couldn't make some of these chord changes, right? Like, they this band exists to do this one thing, and I think they do it really well, and Dickie Allen is one of the top tier vocalists alive right now like he, he did a an hour-long interview with mark on uh, cardvox academy channel so if you're really curious what like it takes to make some of these noises that is an, a, a, an amazing watch I, I got so much out of that but like he really treats what he does very seriously like he's like we're making really stupid music but he crafts it, it extremely thoroughly and he takes his art very seriously and I, I don't know, I just, as someone trying to learn all this stuff, like, I really, really appreciate that. Just like, hey, I'm I'm making something stupid, but my god, am I gonna make it the best stupid thing I can make it, kind of thing. Um, and so th- there's a vibe to the band I really appreciate. I don't really listen to this band at all very often, because, like, an hour of this music is fucking exhausting. It's not something I really ever want to do, unless I'm in a, an exceptionally shitty mood. But I think once in a while, like throwing on one of their songs, uh, is kind of like a really fun treat. I think that's a fair way to put it. The sense of humor is really there, though. Yeah, I've met people who think that there are like hidden messages in the lyrics, and like I really like this band because it, they're actually about this political issue, and it's like, <laughs> no, you're stupid. <laughs> this this music isn't about shit. Unless it's having sex with shit, in which case, yes. All right, two more to go. Um, Lorna Shore of The Abyss. This is released in 2021. Will Ramos is their vocalist. I included this uh, for a couple of reasons. This band is doing really, really well right now. They're exploding on the scene. Um, Lorna Shore got Will Ramos as their newest vocalist. They got rid of their previous one because of allegations. Their soundscape is, uh, I think, really interesting. It's very symphonic. It's very orchestral. It, 
There's a movie soundtrack quality to the way their songs are composed that I think is cool. There's some black metal elements to the guitar riffing and just like the general atmosphere that a lot of bands aren't doing. Uh, and then Will Ramos is like, he's just a really cool dude. I've watched a handful of interviews with him. He's really charismatic. He's really nice. He's he's fun. Uh, this song is cool. I, I, I have a mixed opinions on this EP, but this song in particular I think is really good. There's... There's just a vibe to it, and I definitely practice to this every once in a while because his lows are really good, and I can kind of get there. His highs are nuts, but he's doing a different technique for those than I am. I really like the sound of this one. Like, as a whole, I, I like the vibe of, um... There's, there's like a... Like, there's like a drudging to it. Yeah. He, um... He was on a, a YouTube channel called The Charismatic Voice. They actually stuck a camera up his nose and down his throat and, and filmed him while he was doing a lot of these sounds. Uh, I recommend also people go watch that. Skip to 30 minutes in to, to see the, the procedure. But this dude is nuts because he's the only person I know of who will twist his larynx like 90 fucking... Yeah, like 90 degrees when he screams. That's... That's strange. That your your larynx really isn't supposed to do that, but it, it twists and constricts, which is why he can like make these noises and hold them for so long. Uh, it's just because like anatomically he's like a fucking unicorn. <laughs> that's a that's a fun video. I like I said I I every once in a while I will find myself practicing to this music. Uh, it's really fun. There's a lot of melody to it. There's a lot of melody to his screams that I think are, are really cool. The way the patterns he writes. Um. God, I'm, I'm using a lot of verbal filler tonight. I think it's the booze. But yeah, I, I like I like this EP. They have an album coming out this year. They've released three songs off it that are decent. They tend to write the same song over and over. So if you like this song and you want like a lot of this song, you'll get that. But I, I wish they mixed it up a little more. He can actually sing really, really well. I hope to God he sings properly on their new record. I think that would be awesome uh, to get some of that in there. Yeah, now that you pointed uh, out, those highs are actually really interesting. Yeah, he calls them... I think um, I kind of took it for granted before. So he calls them tea kettle highs, and, like, if you actually watch his throat do this, everything constricts. Like, like if you if you make a... Uh, you hold your hand like you're doing the okay symbol, but not that one, because that one's racist. Do the, do the non-racist one. Um, twist your wrist 90 degrees, and then squeeze your hand into a fist. And that is what his throat does when he does that uh, noise. And just, like, imagine your throat fucking doing that. It's so weird. But it's um, the, the effect is absolutely amazing. Like, like I, I swear to God, like, there's probably only a handful of people on the planet that can make that noise. Yeah, that's actually just... it. it it's so weird, again, thinking about, like, more, uh, more current stuff. Where it's really easy to just rely on, like, oh, cool, an auto-tuner. I can mm -hmm. After Effects something. But it's like, no, you know, you use actual, like, voice work and actual, you know, control of your body to make sounds. It, it becomes a pretty valuable asset. Oh, yeah. His, um, he's got a lot of videos on his YouTube channel where he's just doing a one-take. Like, he's filming himself, he's singing along, and there's no cuts, no nothing, and the, the control he has, like, he is so relaxed, he almost looks fucking bored. 
And just to like to get to that level to perform like a song like this for that's almost six minutes long and just barely even like move your shoulders as you breathe in is nuts. Like he is so, so good at what he does. And he's definitely becoming like a gold standard vocalist. Like he is just exceptional at what he does. You can tell he's put so much effort into it and so much, you know, so many hours. And I keep focusing on the vocal element because that's like kind of why I'm here, but yeah, there's the, Lorna Shore is a, a cool band. I, I definitely recommend people check them out. So to round out this playlist, I think we're almost done. Then is Whitechapel, a Blood Soak Symphony. Uh, this was released last year. Um, I believe this band hasn't had any lineup changes since the previous song. Uh, I don't know that for a fact, but I I, I want to say that's true. Um, but th this album was my favorite album of last year. I think it is absolutely gorgeous. It is really, there's a lot of like emotional resonance in it. Phil is one of, in terms of like the style he's doing, like he's a very mid-low kind of guy, but his enunciation is really good. The lyrics to this song, I think are fantastic. The guitar work in here is really good. There's a lot of melody. There's, they've done a lot of changes since their, their early days. There's a lot more normal song structure, like it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, refrain, chorus. Uh, they've stripped away some of the breakdowns in this album. Some of their fans are not uh, uh, happy about the change. I think it is only for the better. He actually sings on on a handful of songs in this album. He's a really good singer. I, did, I have like no bad things to say about this song. I practice to this song pretty much every time I start warming up. Like I will throw this song on and do the first verse. Now, I do going, understand though. these words. I wonder, like, so when when the playlist, this is my first listen through, right? Um, mm -hmm. When the playlist ended, and I was in disbelief that it ended, because I was expecting something else. I think it's because, like, this one, it's sort of like, it was, like, forgettable. Oh, that's interesting. I feel like there's a lot of actual hook to this. Well, it... It's not the song's fault. I think by comparison, this is different than the rest of the playlists because yes, it seems absolutely. like structured in a in a an intelligent way, and it's <laughs> listenable. And I think the other stuff I enjoy the uh, high schoolers in a garage feeling. Yeah, no, I I totally get that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Which I I just now realize. I think that's what I'm actually what I'm actually feeling. There's a lot of people that wish that like MySpace deathcore sound would come back because there is really something special about it. Whereas like this is almost the exact opposite where it's a lot more mainstream in sound and structure. It's extremely well produced. It's extremely precise. It's articulate as hell. Like it's actually trying to deliver an emotional resonance that isn't just I'm angry. Uh, you know, it is like kind of the, natural evolution of the genre but also the antithesis of the genre at the same time which i think puts it in a really neat spot yeah and it's not bad it just it almost doesn't belong on this playlist like i i think if i were to listen to the album that they put together i would probably appreciate it more i almost picked this for uh our last listening party i was really close It's also vocally not as acrobatic. Like, he is in, like, one mode basically the entire time and just, like, telling the story that is this song, which is also really different from everything else we've listened to up until this point. 
but I think yeah, and again, it's not in, it's not bad, but it is different. Yeah, out of this list, I know when I was trying to like peg the genre of this album when I was doing my top ten last year, like I don't think I called it deathcore because to me, there's a lot in here that is not. Um, I which isn't to say you know like obviously I love this album a lot, so I, it's almost only a good thing in a way, but. This band has kind of transcended the genre a little bit. I think Shadow of Intent this year are starting to to do that too. Their song structure and their songwriting is is different than what they were doing, you know, in 2017, which is cool. I think bands should be, you know, allowed to to fuck around and and evolve. Uh, not all of their fans think so, but what are you gonna do? I don't, fans are a bad concept. It seems like it, yeah. <laughs> um. I, I, and I mean, I think uh, Opinions Are Cheap is successful as a platform because we pivoted to the Richards concept instead of fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we don't have to worry about that, but yeah. Hi, Richard. Hi, Richard. But that is the playlist. Uh, we're at an hour 10. I hope... I hope you had fun with this. I had fun putting this together and just listening to, listening to this music, but I really like this kind of music. I've been... Every once in a while, I need a break, and I will listen to Ed Sheeran. I fucking love Ed Sheeran, by the way. That dude's great. He is a great songwriter and a great singer. Um, but yeah, like, I've, I've been in this mode for a while. Like, I spent like an hour practicing these this fucker's noise, you know, the Phil Bozeman, right? Like, it's fun to learn how to do. It is extremely... It's a neat parlor trick. I don't know. I, I, wish, uh, I wish I knew what I was doing with my life. Well, I like when we do like karaoke night, and you'll do uh, um, you'll 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 growl a song, but then I've been drinking, so then I'll like growl with you, and I'm doing it wrong and ruining it for you. That's one of my favorites. Oh, it's fun. That that's what karaoke is all about. Then bastards like Joe who can actually sing all right that show up and ruin it for everybody. I think you could learn how to do any of this stuff if you if you felt like it. Like if you really put your mind to it, and we're like, I want to do this, I could learn how. Uh, you know, you hire someone to teach you, like which is what I did. Everyone, uh, oh. <laughs> according to my vocal coach, everyone can learn how to sing. You just have to put the, the the time and effort into it, and that's what's hard. I want to learn how to make uh, stupid shit post songs. I want you to learn I, how to I make stupid like, shit post songs. What, what's the word? EDM. I want, I want like comedy EDM album. That would be fun. I want to start screaming, but I've been drinking and I will not sound good. And I'm also sitting, which doesn't help. So I'm not gonna. God, I love this brandy. I'm also... <laughs> wow, I had a decent amount of this brandy. I was. I wanted to make a growly sound, but I wanted to... Okay, here's my joke I was going to do. I was going to growl, but I wanted it to turn into like a Tim Allen grunt. But also... I can't do either of those things well, so the joke wouldn't have come across. What does the Tim Allen grunt sound like now that I think about it? Oh, uh, he, he does a few different ones. Um, he does. Uh, 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 um, He's definitely that's he goes, definitely more a power noise. That's not it. That's the thing. I can't do a Tim Allen grunt. So, like, that's the problem. It's like when you ask me what it sounds like, it's like I don't. Ask me what a bus sounds like. I can't. I can't bus sound at you. I found. I found one of his, and that that first little bit is definitely a false chord 
uh, grunt. <coughs> like he's definitely doing that. <coughs> there you go. Something like that. More power. <coughs> Did you ever see the Super Nintendo game? Yes. God, that that was a long time ago. I've 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 seen more footage of it on YouTube than I have in real life. I don't know if I've ever encountered it oh, yeah. in real life. No, of course. Like I I I don't know that I knew that existed before YouTube started doing videos about it. Dual time. Okay, was a good I want to say, I yeah, <coughs> uh, home improvement. Yeah, that one. I want to say thanks for putting this playlist together because this was fun. Thank it was you. fun to I'm hear a little fun. bit more about the bands. I'm glad. Glad. Oh shit, is it glad space time that we slide into that? Gracefully. Yeah, with the might of Zeus. Up to all. Uh, do you have a glad space or are you gonna talk about brandy? Honestly, the brandy might be my glad space. I got this for free. That's at, okay. At work. It was uh it was a guy's thirtieth anniversary. And I put together the PowerPoint. We were all going back and forth and having a good time. And I was like, I'm really grateful that you introduced me to uh, Chinese brandy because it's really good. Even though this is like a literal $6 bottle of brandy over in China. Like, it is cheap garbage over there. And uh, the president of the company is like, I have a bottle in my office. Do you want it? And I was like, yeah. If you're, I'm not joking either. I will take it if you have it. And he's like, I don't like it. It's been in my office for like two years. You can have it. So he walked over and he handed me a fucking bottle of brandy. <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to drink the shit out of this this weekend. Pour a little more in just for fun. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good glad space. I drink too much. I think that is a problem sometimes. That's why we take breaks. Mm-hmm. You're a good friend, Cameron. What are, what are you glad about today, good friend, Cameron? Um. So, oh, that uh, that cat game came out. Oh yeah. And uh, boy, I'm fucking tired of hearing about that stupid cat game. <laughs> Is that it? Let me see. That doesn't count as a glad space because that's being mean. No, it doesn't. But it, it did make me laugh, so that's funny. Oh wait, you sent me the home improvement grunt. I did. <laughs> okay, you know what? Um, this this one second YouTube video is my glad space. Why did that make me laugh? <laughs> oh God, it is fun. Like... <laughs> yeah, you do it. You actually do it. We have to find like a Tim Allen VR chat avatar. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. And we could just like go around grunting at people. It's based on clearing your throat. If you go, <clears throat> that 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 <clears throat> grit is your uh, is your false chords coming together. Uh, you're 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 pinching something off. You want to be really relaxed. Uh, uh, yeah, I like, am. I I can feel it, but it's like I can't stop that. Yeah, it's like that, that's, that's it, you the know what? It's going point. back into my puppet voice. I keep doing the Yoda. Mm. Mm. Tim Allen, you want? I was watching one of Mark's videos. Tim Toolman like, Taylor. Mm. He was talking about a vocalist. He's like, to get this sound, you do a, a regular false chord, uh, uh, uh. but then you combine it with like uh. Kermit the Frog. Like, I am Kermit. 
I can't do a good Kermit though. Kermit the Frog. But, like, you combine here. it with Kermit. Kermit the Frog. Er, er, Kermit. Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog. Something like that. It's fun to do. It's fun making weird noises. And that's why I like, um, I like finding random, like, VRChat avatars because of my love of puppetry. Like, whenever there's, like, weird features or animations built in, I want to learn how to do them well <laughs> just for, like, presentation. Yeah. What was that it one? Always... Like, do you remember, like, we, we, we found some, like, random guy and we went to, like, a Mario world and there were these avatars and there was, like, a, they had Bowsette, but they had, like, a tall Bowsette and a short one. And this, like, random guy was the, no, the, yeah, the random guy was the tall one, and I had the short one. And he just started, like, referring to me as his daughter, but we were both doing the, like, Dr. Girlfriend voice. And talking about smoking and stuff while he's dropping me off for school. Nice. Do you remember that? I do not. It's one of those things where it wasn't that funny. It's like, you had to be there. But it was just Mm. so, like... The, the the idea that for some reason both of us went to that voice when we put on the Bowsette avatars. I love it. It the collective like instincts of VR chat are just something to behold. I saw something funny. Someone had an avatar where you could do like a you could uh you could drop in a tank. And it would fall in. It had this animation where it fell down from the sky with like parachutes, and the parachutes would like deflate and like land next to it. And you could actually sit in the tank, and there were like three seats. And it was just—it was the most hilarious thing because it's just random people on a beach, and then somebody said huh. something about like, um, I don't know, something random. Like I don't know, I've never watched Star Wars. And then this guy is like, what did you just fucking say? And he throws a grenade, and it's like a smoke signal, and the tank comes down, and it starts playing music. And then, like, three of us get in the tank, and we're all, like, staring him down the barrel of this giant gun, because he didn't watch Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, a Family Guy cutaway gag, where it's like, you, you yeah. couldn't have really orchestrated this to work out better, but it just did. Anyways, are we done? Do we? Are we good? I, I feel like um. I think we're done. I'm, I had a fun time I'm tonight. Recorded out. I'm glad I did too. I, I I apologize to people that I talk too much, or if I had an opinion about a deathcore band that uh, counteracts your own. But opinions are cheap on this show, so you can have your own. You can write in at um. Yeah, you can write in there, right to us at the URL I just said. What is oh opinions are cheap at gmail.com. Oh, is that all it is? Yeah. Oh. Well, fuck. Do we know the password? Do we know how to get into that email? <laughs> um. Yeah, once a week, I'll check, and there's like an update from Google about how I need to update my passwords and nothing else. Oh, nice. That's Thank you, cool. Richard and Alex, for, for fucking, you know, sending us emails. Yeah, thank you. And also, um, who's your other friend? I stopped mentioning her on the show. No, the other friend. Um, I have other friends. T- F- Flimbo. F- Flor- Flimbo? Florby. Florby wrote in once. Hey, Sable, you need to listen to the show and write in. We'll, we'll do an episode on Bigfoot. 
Oh, that's right. Sable gave us a good idea. I want to get into like more crypto talk. That could be fun. I actually think that'd be a really, really cool place to go for this. I, do you do you study paranormal stuff? Absolutely not. Ooh. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I have, like, random knowledge about certain very strange events. Okay, are you familiar with Jeff the Talking Mongoose? No. So, we're going to have some fun crypto episodes, but we'll have a guest on for Sasquatch. Oh, it's G- it's G-E-F. Yeah, and he, he insisted it's spelt that way. It was the name given to an allegedly talking mongoose, which was claimed to inhabit a farmhouse owned by the Irving family. There were no survivors. I believe survivors. this was Ricky Tiki Tavi, but Psychic Investigations in July 1935. Holy shit! What is this Wikipedia page? Oh my god! Well, I, I, we have, we have options in our future camera, and I am now very excited. So stay tuned and make sure to subscribe for more. Like, comment, yeah. and share with your parents. Explain to them what Deathcore is. Exactly. Uh, send them the episode over NordVPN. Don't let the government find out. Is your hair falling out? Buy Creeps today. What is it? Keeps. Keeps. Go to keeps.com and Mantree and Manbox. Get your Manbox today. Are you a woman? Get your Manbox for your man. No lesbians allowed. Are you a lesbian? Get a lesbian box. There you go. Hey, we didn't talk about porn at all this episode. We did good. Oh, we didn't, did we? No. Are you sure? I think, no, we're, I think I'm, we, I think I'm we're thinking of home right. improvement again. <laughs> I'm going to type in deathcore. Good night, everybody. Oh, oh okay. Nothing. No, we have to do that first. Nothing. There's there's one weird picture of a lady bent over at an angle that isn't possible, and she's saying, see, playing the drums isn't the only thing I'm good at. I don't I don't understand this picture. It's not. She's not even naked. I type in death metal. Cue outro. How, I, I should I stop go. recording. What are we doing? <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. Sleep. I'm going to leave now. Yeah, let's go to bed. Good night. Good night.